0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Abram Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. You've bought your tickets. The ushers are about to open the doors. Yes, the projections has smicha is about to start. But first, if you own a retail business and accept credit cards, your customers are getting points, miles, and all sorts of rewards every time they use their card, and you're paying the price. That's why NRS Pay, a product of National Retail Solutions, a division of the IDT Corporation, offers its cash discount program, FeeBuster. You can start accepting credit cards for free. If your business processes over $18,000 a month, you pay no monthly fee and $0 out of your pocket for transaction. This means you as a retailer can enjoy the benefits of accepting plastic and your customers still get those crucial miles they crave and need. NRS Pay Fee Buster provides every client with a free credit card reader with no long-term contract, no early termination fee, cancel any time without a penalty. I'm personally familiar with this company, and they truly stand by their product, and they'll help you with live, stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Visit nrspay.com or call 833-289-2767. To learn more about NRS Pay, and the fantastically fair fee buster. Clear the aisles. The projectionist says, hi, you know Yitzchok, I'm here with uh, you today." And I, I think one of the most overused words in our lexicon, and oh, it overflows, of course, into into film and television, is the word miracle it's as overused as I might be offending some people that the word miracle similarly is overused, whether it's the miracle on ice in terms of how the U.S. was able to, to be as the underdog, defeat the, the great super Russian powered ice hockey team. Um, this was before, of course, that they would send NHL professionals to play. Or uh, in, in various sports Besides Aisaki, the Music City miracle, a way that the Tennessee Titans came back uh, with a kickoff return in the last few seconds with a number of laterals that led to a touchdown. Uh, The music, again, in sports, you're right, people, God is behind everything. And, And perhaps in some ways, calling everything a miracle makes sense, but that's not really what it means. Somehow, when things don't turn out the way we expect them or something interesting unusual happens um, we try to frame it and it's it I, I, I'm going to suggest that, that when we frame it as a miracle we do a disservice in a way to the idea of uh, of God's showing his love his presence um, his power in a way that we need to somehow respond and 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 celebrate that specific day as we as far as Judaism was. I don't want this Yitzchok. Like, I know we're going to start turning this into a, a discussion about when you are koveya a yom as a yom nace or not, and what sort of miracle it has to be. This is that 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 would be.
1: It's something that's lifted up. It's a banner that's lifted up. So not if if everything's lifted up, nothing's lifted up.
0: Right, you're right. You're going Yitzhak is referring to the etymology of the word nace, which in Hebrew is similar to the term for a flag. Naislis, no sasbo, something that, uh, that that you you want everybody to see as special. And and again, we've just finished the holiday of Purim, which for many people doesn't seem like such a miraculous day. And people struggle with discovering the hand of God in terms of that miracle. So again, we know and we I think we're satisfied with with each person recognizing the miracles that got them through life, but there's a difference between um, you know, it's a miracle that I was able to make the plane, then let's say your Rosh i Shalom talking about the miracle that, uh, that he speaks about in the on the YouTube video where they could have just shot and and he was on top of a benzene truck. And if they would have shot the bullets upwards, it would have exploded. Or the fact that when he arrived to the camp, um, they were, he, instead of being just wiped out as a meaningless person in the work camp, that his father was able to somehow have enough money to bribe the commandant, Um those I could see, those are we should refer to these things as miracles. And we have to see that there's no logical way to perhaps explain why, especially when we know it's towards someone good and someone positive. But I think that, that television and movies have overused films and television programs, that they use this term miracle, don't even really reckon with the fact, oh, it was a divine miracle from God. Miracle just has become disconnected from God as well. I remember, you know, the the very weird quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, uh, after uh, a loss in the NFC Championship game to uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, quarterback by Russell Wilson, who was a very, uh, very much a, a, a very strong Christian. And Russell Wilson said, well, this show, you know, God was with us and, you know, I give and aaron Rodgers says well, don't don't bring god into it you know okay look you were behind we made a bunch of mistakes you guys ended up winning but but, but don't assume that this shows the will of god and that you're god's team and it's god this is destiny you have to be very so so i i'm with aaron as far as this goes that and and i would say that most people are not russell wilson most people when they say oh it was a miracle that happened a miracle they don't necessarily believe that it was God. And I think when many of these films and and are called miracles, it's true if they are Christian-based, and you're going to talk about one specifically that was produced by, at a period, that they were trying to promote uh, an understanding of all the of the major religions in the United States. Miracle meant miracle from God. But I'm going to actually talk about a film that I think the uh the director and writer when he uses the term miracle is very much tongue-in-cheek. Um and in many ways, even perhaps a criticism on when Christianity is the ultimate miracle. It's called, you reminded me off pod of an anthology series that lasted, I think, about two years in the 1950s called Crossroads. And I think Chevrolet, which in you know they like the title because again, huh, you're always going to go on the road with your Chevrolet um uh, they liked that title and they sponsored a program that was meant to be uh a, a, every week a investigation of a, a story a religious story that occurred not just to a person of a member of that faith but to a leader either a priest pastor or rabbi correct
1: yes that's correct yes
0: and um I, probably today e- even watching that you'd probably need a disclaimer from whoever would who was who was uh allowed, making that available you know uh, you know this was produced at a time that there was anti muslim feelings so there aren't any imams or
1: muslims here um i don't know if it was even anti-muslim feelings as much as there was just the islamic community was not as prominent in america at the right time. i
0: know that's what i'm saying the, the, the 19th
1: I remember, you know, there was a lot of ignorance, but I remember, you know, there was an episode of uh, You Bet Your Life, and there was some kind of a weird puppet that was supposed to represent God, and and Groucho Marx was not a religious person, you know, he he was very, very clear for, you know, I remember reading his biography that his daughter wrote, and and, uh, it was very clear that he was not a religious man, but this was, you know, an expression, they said, you know, whether you call him I think they said whether you call him Christ or Jehovah or Muhammad. You know, it shows just the ignorance of, you know, that that uh, that they you know, thinking of Muhammad as, as a deity, but also the, the 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 very, very you know, vain and uh and wrong attempt and in inclusion was there. It was you know but it was just a, an ignorant form of business.
0: yeah look I, i'll admit that even though in sheer numbers uh the, the islam was even in the 50s probably larger than its representation on screen and part of it had to do with the fact that jews we we always punched above our weight and therefore there might in terms of population. Uh, Jews might have been a very small amount, but they obviously took a very large role in many, many areas of politics and in the entertainment industry. And I guess that's part of the reason why this program was uh, Catholic, Protestant, and and Jew. So the Crossroads program uh, is available on Tubi and on YouTube. (laughs) Tubi, I guess, in both places, you're going to have to put up with some commercials. But what was the episode you had? And we're going to talk about episodes that have Miracle in the title
1: right so i spent and so i found this the miracle of faith uh it's a season 2 episode 36 so it's probably one of the last episodes of crossroads um and we have Conrad nagel who had a very uh, illustrious and very prolific filmography uh playing an, a, a contemporary uh, Episcopal priest Dr. John Large was the name of the priest in this episode and you have you know always in these in these shows you had quite a uh, interesting cast you had some rather prominent actors or also maybe not as prominent but actors with you know prominent careers in in television and in film uh, as is this cast here um, so basically, you have a story of a, a medical doctor uh, played by uh, Frank Wilcox, who appeared in a lot of a lot of movies that I'm a, a familiar with. A lot of, uh, in fact, a lot of these this cast were in a lot of the monster movies that that everybody knows. That I love, um, and so uh, this doctor he saved this old woman's life. Or old, she's paralyzed and unable to walk after this surgery that apparently saved her life so she's being cared for by her son and daughter-in-law the son is robert hutton right sure
0: robert hutton of course had a very uh, nice career in hollywood in the 60s he's sort of like a a proto tom hanks type of character um and he, and he and was
1: in a lot of monster movies, the slime people.
0: Okay. But but before before, but you know, uh, Bob Hutton uh died much too young, but he was actually uh you know, he almost I wouldn't say became a household name. His son Timothy, of course, uh plays the troubled young man in ordinary people.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean I I met Timothy Hutton because he was he's I think he he was married to to Deborah Winger. But just
0: let's let's set the table. the narrator uh, who introduced each ser- each program would say that these are actually based on a- events that occurred to actual clergymen and it isn't just fictionalized it's not like you know uh you know, mystery twilight or Dawn. suspense or twilight zone where we're just supposedly a, a, there was some minister who came to a, yeah, some housewife
1: based on actual actual events they in they, they and the and the opening credits they say you know pastor priest or rabbi you know they they uh they made it clear that this was something that that was a real person or in the end credits they said that it was you know they changed the names of the incidental people but this uh, this woman Mrs Carpenter she's she's stuck in the she's stuck in bed and so her son Paul played by Robert Hutton is caring for her and his daughter and his wife Mary is also caring for her. And as soon as he leaves, the the mother in law starts being uh, excuse the word, but it, it's appropriate here She's very, very bitchy to her to to her daughter in law. And it's it's very uh it, it it and it's a very difficult, difficult situation. And it seems that the son and the mother are both agnostics. And the daughter has some religion. And so she...
0: That's uh, Marion, played by the soap opera star, Rachel Ames. She was actually... uh, uh, She was the longest-running performer on General Hospital.
1: Right. Exactly. And she had a a big career. And so she invites this Dr. Large, who was a a real person who, especially in chaplaincy, of the, the Ministry of Presence. And just what, and when a chaplain or a clergy person makes a visit somewhere, uh, you know, our job is to represent, you know, Kadusha. And, and you know, even if we don't personally maybe live up to it, we're so, supposed to be a symbol of that. And this, this Conrad Nagel, who again, he,
0: so he, he playing Doctor Large, he comes to meet Mrs. Carpenter and to speak to
1: her. <laughs> about god yeah and he had a very very this nagel by the way he his career was about a 50-year career from 1918 or so until 1967 so it was uh, 49 years almost 50 years of a film career from the silent era into television so so how do you
0: think conrad does in terms of Representing a man of faith, uh, go ahead.
1: What 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 is interesting is his unmoving presenting here is an (laughs) unwavering faith, just to be a symbol of faith, without without any psharas, without any without any compromise, without trying to water anything down. He and and the thing is he he's supposed to be. I've met a few Episcopal priests in my time. I never met such a. So in a other words, so people.
0: so in other words, this Episcopal- a
1: very religious guy, this 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 doctor large is much more religious than any Episcopalian I've ever met. But uh, <laughs> he, he he's so he basically comes to the
0: house. He's I'm, I'm trying to and he get said, to the yeah,
1: And he, tell, and he, he tells, tells her,
0: woman. "Look, we're not going to. We're not. You're not going to be able to be cured." completely but at least you're alive is that what's what he's telling her no
1: he's he's telling her that you you should have faith that you could get up and walk again and I, and I see. and the and the the medical doctor says you know if it was just psychosomatic i could agree but there there's something physically wrong and and but then so the son is saying well isn't isn't all this talk gonna hurt her
0: the son's character it's argues very- that, that that religion is harmful here because yeah. when religion wants to give you faith in in the face of incredible odds when when it doesn't work you end up being even more shattered than before that was his argument yes and and what is and and, and what's the response that the
1: priest so, has to that well not only the priest because because the medical doctor is there at the time the medical doctor says no this is it's not gonna. Hurt. There's not gonna be any nezik. There's not gonna be any harm from this. Let let him do it, and the and the priest says, you know, God can do miracles. It's and then they kept saying, well, are you, you're going you're gonna cure her? He said, no, it's not. I'm gonna cure her. God is going to heal her. God brings healing, but I've seen it. He said, you know, he had an unwavering faith. He said, I've seen people who are almost blind live I saw a baby that the doctors said would only have 2 years 2 hours to live and we baptized the baby and now the baby is fine and living and fine and the same thing you can get up out of this bed and you can walk and so the 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 doctor says you know to the priest at uh, in a different conversation if you can get her to even agree to get into a wheelchair that would already be a miracle the solemn bias between the husband and wife got ruined with how you know, rude and everything the the mother was, and the 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 wife was ready to leave. She left already, and the and the mother got up out of the bed, crawled because she couldn't walk, to the phone to call the priest to bring her to the hotel where the daughter in law was, try to bring her back, and and this uh, was
0: something she wasn't ever she wasn't able to do previously to
1: even get out of, and then and then once so he, and she, well she even refused to. She wanted to be a nebuch. She wanted to be the the victim. She wanted to be waited on. You know, she wanted to have something to complain about. Sometimes and... the
0: miracle that is spawned really is internally. You are able to really generate it. We're right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like we're resisting God's bounty because of the of the threat that it has. Like you said, people want to wallow in victimhood. They want to be serviced. They want to be attended to so do you did you see the miracle of faith there or was right.
1: it in the end, in the end she did get up and stand and walk even try to walk a little bit they had to tell her to sit down but they and the couple they were reunited they they didn't get divorced and you know she was you know here she was and you know she said i hadn't been to church in 30 years and now i'm going to start to go again and and god isn't going to be very happy with me and then the priest said, no, God doesn't hold a grudge, which is like what the Tanya says, you know, that, that you know, the burnish of is infinite, so his patience is infinite. If we really do tshuva, it doesn't matter how many times we fall, the brain Shalom forgives us. And it's the same idea. So he said, you know, don't, you don't have to think that you're so, you know, far away that it's not, and that you're a hypocrite or anything. No, you, you try, you do it. And, and in the end, you know, she, she found her faith and she brought her, her, her son and daughter-in-law back together and she got up, she tried to walk. And, uh, and you know, and it, it seemed that it's indicated that eventually she was totally rehabilitated and able to walk. Right. And, 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 and exactly in large
0: part, too. it was due to the, the calming, as you said, the unwavering and words of a man of God of someone yeah. representing God, so so it sounds like a, 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 a very nice program, and it's unfortunate, I think, Yitzhak, that here we are 70 years removed from the airing of that program, approximately. Um, and obviously, nothing like that would be shown on any of the standard networks today, it'd be I mean, it would I, only I mean, it would only be on Christian TV. When you look at some of the comments, it's and IMDb. You'll see that there are people who say, I remember this program and it influenced me to become a person, uh, a clergyman. So despite the fact that it's right now just a curiosity on Tubi and YouTube um, and really the symbol of a, of a different time, as, we, as, as Eric Adams said just recently, you know, when we took God out of the schools, it, it made a difference. Lot of flack saying it and i'm not necessarily so. right, all i'm saying it's like, is okay it was a different period and although it was in a way uh, a period that we could look at as somewhat repressive and a period that didn't register uh, muslims and people of color it was still a period where um uh, on the surface and perhaps even more there was faith based programs um and I, I that were meant to be ecumenical uh i as you say there are some rabbi episodes which you happen to like um i also noted that in the imdb page it mentions that and on the wikipedia they mentioned that crossroads they made efforts that the actors that would be playing the ministers the priests the rabbis should be of that same religion that they represented which i thought was also
1: they they didn't necessarily do that uh like I said, Vincent Price played played the rabbi. It's not...
0: Uh, right. He, he he. Although he, he has not He
1: also, aqu- played, a, he also put, played a minister in another episode. But uh, I would assume
0: if you could get Vincent Price in the 50s in your show, you took him no matter what
1: he and, was and going to play. And the fact is, he, he bore a strong resemblance to uh, Gershom Shachis. If you look at Gershom Shachis, the pictures we have of Gershom Shachis, it, 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 there was a very strong resemblance okay
0: all right so is, so as much so I, I think your choice uh in terms of miracle of faith i think was more connected perhaps to the way we should look at miracles that faith can help people uh psychologically in uh, through uh,
1: well, that, difficult so situations the was that they they were trying to reduce it to something psychological but in the end i think the message was it really was something supernatural. It wasn't merely... And, and, that, and, and that
0: that prayer comes in different forms and God can heal. And I think that is something that uh, is, is a life-affirming message. And perhaps we should, you know, correctly call that as a miracle. Let me now talk about um, the film from approximately about 13 years earlier called Miracle of Morgan Creek, which is one of Preston Sturgis's... Um, screwball comedies made in the middle of the war it is a extremely biting satire of so many things but the thing that the sacred cow that he is attacking is the purity and importance of the troops that were going over to fight world war ii we all know that this was the good war the war that we were cajoled into eventually, and that we were going there to save the world. We were going there to right the rights. And one could probably, looking back 80 years later, say that it was, of course, the entry of that great giant, the United States, that was able to turn the tide and and the threat of Hitler was eliminated. The Russians have a lot to say about that as well. But there's no question about it that the That was the myth that we were going to save not only our shores, obviously, but the whole world from the threat of tyranny. And that's what it mean, meant to be an American. America was exceptional in that way. And that's really at the end of World War II. That is why nation building and other types of diplomacy were built on that. What Preston Sturgis does in this film, and similar to what Billy Wilder did in the film that we highlighted a couple of months ago, Um, a foreign affair, show that the American troops, especially the ones that were stateside and being sent out, were the same ribald, um, wild, undisciplined children that they were always. The fact that there's this new veneer of nobility being placed on them, that they're going to fight Hitler and they're going to fight for democracy, didn't actually change much about innate human nature in this fictional little town of Morgan Creek, somewhere in the Midwest uh, Sturgis brings back uh, Brian Don Kim Tamaroff as McGinty and the boss who you sort of don't know what's happening to them at the end of the great McGinty, which is uh, one of the greatest political satires ever put onto screen. Um, And he has, he actually uses them as the framing device Sturgis was always original in terms of of giving you that punch in the face that first minute what is going on like what's happening like i i here's I, something fantastic is happening in Morgan Creek a small town in uh in the in the midwest so um so basically what you have is a um uh an event is happening Something is going on. Um, the, the governor is being called by somebody. You're not sure who. It seems like he's a newspaper man about an incredible event that's happening. And of course, now the flashback occurs. Now, what is this great event? And why does the governor have to be called in on it? And this is where, you know, Sturgis leads you along and you you're eventually come to realize that what's happened here is that a young girl who is the beauty of the town. She's played by Betty Hutton, who had a very nice career in Hollywood afterwards, Um, is waiting. uh, And this is her. She's going to go out on the town and basically give the troops a send-off. She's going to give the troops a send-off that... They should be able to um, uh, go into battle happy. Now, what did that mean, these dances, right? So uh, uh, externally, it meant they happened in church basements. They happened in the town halls. But we know what it was really about. But what it was about was a night of debauchery. And basically, these, um, these events... Were about servicing the servicemen before they would go, and it was considered almost a patriotic duty. Now, uh, Sturgis makes is careful to say they would get married, Um, and 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 maybe that was in order to avoid the Hayes Code, and maybe those marriages did happen. I I mentioned the film a number of months ago called The Clock, where um, (laughs) where with Judy Garland, where the young servicemen, they decide to get married before he goes off to war. But with the intent, perhaps, to come back. Um, It wasn't just a way to give a night of love, but maybe actually to build a life afterwards. But in this film, it's clear that the marriage, if they do happen, is a canard. And it's just a way for... um, to give the servicemen a wild night of partying and sex. Betty Hutton, who is this, is the daughter of the town constable and who was played by William Demarest. And of course, William Demarest, along with a number of other great character actors like Walter Brennan, Andrew Buchanan, and others, um, had a career playing the second banana, the friend, uh, the wise guy, um, Many people know him, of course, from the- epi- years of episodes and uh and my three Sons with uh, the other Hollywood stalwart Fred McMurray but uh Demarest was at his greatest in the nineteen forties uh he was he was in a, he was already fifty years old at that time, but he was fantastic in terms of slapstick His vaudevillian um, experience allowed him to take Pratt Falls. And he probably he probably falls on his back about six or seven times in this film trying to kick somebody. I can't say that. All I can say is I laughed every single time he was trying to do it. He is the town constable and he has two young daughters, one 14 and the most precocious mature 14 year old I think ever put on screen uh, that wasn't supposed to be devious. Um, And. And Betty and, and his older daughter, uh, Gertrude, Trudy. And she's the one, of course, who sees it in her patriotic duty to go out. Now, the, there is a town nebbish played by Eddie Bracken. Eddie Bracken was in it, also in a number of Sturgis' films. In fact, even that same year, uh, the film known as Hail the Conquering Hero had Eddie Bracken in it. And he played also a, a fellow from a small town uh, who actually comes back after being discharged, I think, uh, from the war and embarrassed that he did not have the same sort of hero stripe as others. And there's a whole lie behind it. So again, both of these films, by the way, were nominated In that year, they were made a year or two after each other, but they were released in the same year. And they're both nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Sturgis, after he wrote the screenplay of The Great McGinty, which he didn't direct, he was determined that he would be the total auteur of his films. And of course, he uh, wrote the screenplays and directed them. And he developed, I think, one of the most unique styles he and, and I know you're a big Howard Hawks fan I know that you enjoy uh his screwball comedies Sturgis is in another league true there's a little bit of Lubitsch a little bit of Hawks Sturgis is a progression from both of them and I love Lubitsch I think Lubitsch is um and Sturgis knew how much he owed him in Sturgis's masterpiece Sullivan's Travels the the main character played by Joel McRae uh mentions Lubitsch along with many every uh, others but Sturgis was doing something different, something a little more American, a little more unique. Um, and Sturgis um really did try to have a, a great cross-representation of America in his films. Uh, it's 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 been discussed what happened to Sturgis after unfaithful years with Rex Harrison. Why did he fall off the face of the earth? What happened to him? Why wasn't he able to make and it was part of an attitude perhaps with uh, his when he died? But this film. Is really Sturgis at the peak of his powers, um, and the, the film goes has uh, Eddie Bracken is this nebbish. Eddie Bracken is a person who can't get into the war. He's constantly uh, his his blood pressure and spots constantly go up every time he gets nervous. So he is the ultimate four F but he pines over trudy and he's been in love with her since the time <laughs> yeah. they were little children together and she of course in a way uses him she's cruel to him because she knows that if she her, her, her father tough-nosed uh officer cockenlocker I mean, you can't get away with that today unless you're perhaps... His name is Cockenlocker. You probably, unless you're Ben Stiller, I don't know if you can get away with that today. But but Officer Cockenlocker uh, and his two daughters, he refuses to let his daughter go out. He's read in the paper about what's going on with these boys. He served in World War One. He knows what it is to be a soldier. In fact, there's another little tough sergeant who tells him today's army is a little bit different. You have to treat them with psychology. But she uh, she uses um, um, uh, Norville, Eddie Bracken's character, as a ruse to get out of the house and meanwhile to leave him at a triple feature where she doesn't pick him up until the morning. And she goes to that church social. She And again, in, in order to satisfy the censors, uh, there's a scene where they're picking her up in a wild dance and she bangs her head on one of the lamps hanging from the ceiling which supposedly uh gave her such a sort of sense of amnesia or something that's happening or in her mind that by the time she returns in the morning and uh, poor norvo has been sitting outside the movie theater sleeping in the in the in the entranceway of the town's theater she shows up with the car which has been obviously in a number of accidents And you can tell that there's a just married sign that is somehow slipped off of the car. In other words, she discovers, and the Jewish doctor tells her um, that she is pregnant. Of course, he's going to be very discreet about it. And now, with her pregnancy, now comes her shame. Um, And uh, she has to tell uh, Norville, uh, because again, this is what her little sister says, Norville is the perfect... Uh, Patsy, he'll be the one who will somehow marry her and cover up her shame for her dad that she ended up. Uh she has no memory of of of, of the marriage. She remembers his name was Ratsi Wiki with a Z and it she has no idea what his name is. And um and she can't find her marriage license. So she doesn't know who he is. And once again, Norville uh is there to to perhaps do the noble thing. But unlike in the beginning, where she's very cruel to him, despite the fact that she seems to be a great girl and everybody loves her, her use of of, of Norville is, is is quite disgusting. And today, I think, would have been seen as your typical mean girl type of manipulation. <laughs> but when Norville expresses to her how much he's loved her from day one, and he'll accept her, even if, you know, she's carrying somebody else's child, and that she went out and eventually, you know, got married or had sex with a, another fellow he's willing to be the noble person in fact he comes up with an idea and which he's helped with by the jewish tailor in town who discovers some sort of uh military costume form from world war one and it's there that they um they go to some justice of the peace in some other uh, adjoining town hoping to make her marriage legal and based on her faulty memory of what this guy's name is, he's willing not only not he's not he's going to do something better for her, not that he's going to become her husband and live with her and be the putative father of her children, he's going to pretend that he's the original fellow to allow her to have a marriage certificate that somehow when the child is born she could say that uh, that she is mrs whoever she is and the child is uh, unfortunately a war orphan and this is what he was willing to do to just be the stick figure of course when he comes to the uh, to the justice of the peace the justice of the peace smells a rat because he signs his name Norville Jones, instead of say, signing his name, uh, Wiki, whatever the name that they had come up with. <laughs> turns out, of course, that he's then uh, summarily arrested for imitating a, a soldier and for kidnap, because then it turns out that she is underage, that she's even too young to have engaged in marriage in the first place. All of this, of course, reveals to um, William Demarest what his daughter has done. And here, Demarest, instead of playing one note, actually uh comes to understand and realizes the love he has for his daughter, despite her, her her wrongly uh the wrong decision she made that night and she he realizes the nobility of this fellow who, although he can't get into the army, he's basically a nevish uh a dweeb, as we would say that he has shown courage and love to his family and he allow he's trying to uh he allows him to escape uh despite the fact that this is going to be something that is illegal and will make him even more of a of a fugitive um anyway as the film progresses uh somehow he escapes um, I think they come in, uh, I think uh, the, the two girls come in somehow, uh, somehow get him out. And as the film sort of rushes towards its 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 ending, um, uh, Betty Hutton, Trudy's uh, boss in the record store, his name is played by Julius Tannen, uh, also a very famous character actor, Jewish fellow. <laughs> and his name is Mr. Rafferty, but he plays him Totally with the most Jewish accent that you've ever heard. In fact, you know, he's of course, yes, I take care of you. So you have the three Jews, like the three wise men, who are basically helping, uh, helping this this woman, the doctor, the, the tailor, and the record uh, record shop owner. And they end up somehow. Um, they end up somehow, uh, spiriting her away uh to some place because cock and lockers are now uh, involved in this investigation of fraud and and escaping, and he lost his job, but she's being taken care of now you never see uh the Hayes code didn't allow a a woman to be seen in later stages of pregnancy like that. they always had to be covered up there was something prudish and ridiculous about uh, whoever joseph breen and all these other strange people that you could not show that but she's obviously very much pregnant and she's been taken care of by her old jewish boss who is right and of course again sturgis throws in a christmas scene a toiki, i'm gonna bring you a toiki and there is a you know and demarest has a talk with her and they talk about jesus and the, the comparison to jesus is very obvious right um I, I was thinking that it's very similar it's to the medrashic uh st- uh version of arpa <laughs> what happened to arpa on uh, the night that she leaves naomi and she ends up of course uh, giving birth to golias uh because something very similar happens here what happens here and this is the great miracle of of morgan creek is that it is um that that, when she goes to the hospital, she ends up having six kids, six tuplets, six boys. Um, and uh, this is the incredible miracle of Morgan Creek. And you know, Sturgis gives us uh, like a newsreel type of uh, montage. You know, Canada <laughs> wants to know if it's a hoax because they had had uh, Quinns had been born in Canada a uh, number of years earlier and there actually weren't uh, a surviving sex couples i think until in the 60s or the late 50s so this was considered you know quite a big thing that you know all over the world mussolini can't believe it and somehow this is you know they even have hitler <laughs> at the end of the movie you know in terrible rage that how can america be able to produce you know a um you know six kids well so here we have you know the miracle of a of an incredible birth um that generally doesn't happen that was the byproduct of a wild night uh on the town um and this is the miracle of Morgan Creek, which in a way is really you know um, uh, aligning with the miracle of the virgin birth uh the miracle of 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 six being born um and the fact that if if it happened in america that's a sign that god is on our side of course the problem is that that um uh that norville is a wanted criminal and you know uh, what can we do and of course the governor is able with his incredible powers of governing and to overturn all the laws and be able to write special decrees that'll turn out that he was he wasn't imitating an officer that he'd always been an officer and that uh somehow he's going to be the father of all these children which of course uh at the end of the movie norville can't believe that uh as he's told that he's now going to have to uh be uh, when he's taken to the nursery uh, by his sister-in-law and she shows all six that are in the bassinets And all of them are now going to be his children, his boys that he's going to have to take care of. Uh, So I've spoiled the film completely, but I thought it was really a, a very, you know, Sturgis was really in a way playing with our idea of miracle, our idea of conflating patriotism with religion, our idea of assuming God is on our side, the idea that the birth of a child has to be a miracle. And that's the way religions start, right? it's it's a miracle that you can have six kids born it's a miracle that somehow a virgin uh could give birth um and i think that uh by calling the film miracle of morgan creek i think he's you know really in a way uh, being extremely cynical on what we ascribe to god and perhaps even you know the, mo- the even the most essential religions um on the other hand, I think what he brings to the fore is that behind the sometimes idiotic ways people act, uh, there are people who can change and show their better sides, whether it's a demorous cock who <coughs> stops being this, uh, you know, this complaining old guy about the old days and constantly trying to kick people, or even uh, uh, Betty Hutton's character who realizes that she has been using her beauty to her advantage and has taken advantage of this young fellow and realizes that this this Schleppy dweeb has more to him than perhaps any of the the <laughs> the wonderful tough hunk guys that are out there fighting the war, which again is a sacred cow to uh, that that Sturgis is trying to i guess roast it doesn't have the star power of. Palm Beach story with Claudette Colbert and Joel McRae. Um, it's not as beautifully acted as the Lady Eve with Henry Fonda and uh, Barbara Stanwyck. But if you if if you are looking for a um a film that is slapstick and has a, a way to maybe think about what miracles are and what they aren't miracle morgan creek i think is the ticket so that's it my friends watch your step on the way out we'll catch you in some miraculous fashion hopefully next week take care thanks for joining us for another episode from the yeshiva of newark at idt podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode